Join the revolution. Fuck it. The fuck it button is the power button. Everyone has a fuck it button, but no two fuck it buttons are the same. Say no to fear, overthinking, shame and judgment. Life is short. Fuck it. This podcast explores when guests have, wish they had, would and could press their fuck it button. Here's the podcast. Enjoy the show. Rosie Taylor, aka Rosie Pole, is a dedicated pole instructor. Pole dancing, that is. Before making her life-changing decision to live her passion full-time, Rosie worked as a primary school teacher, inspiring those much younger in subjects that did not quite give her the confidence and joy that she found on the pole. Rosie discovered pole after suffering from a prolific back injury following a near-paralyzing accident that changed her life forever. Seeing how she could empower herself as well as heal from physical trauma, she decided that she wanted to share her love of all things pole to give confidence and change the lives of others. Now, whether it's dressed as a crab, a Halloween ghoul, a Wild West hero or Mrs. Christmas climbing the pole, Rosie finds ways to continue and bring joy in her activity that was once perceived as a darkened underground room activity, pole dancing. Rosie Pohl, welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Hello, thank you. Thanks for having me. How does that sound, being spoken about like uh, that? It's great. I love it. You hit the nail on the head. <laughs> <laughs> I like that you brought the crab in there as well. Well, I felt it was important. It's very important. I felt like it was a yeah. very important moment. And I think maybe um, all equally as important to put this in context that... Um, Rosie is actually my pole dancing instructor yeah. and this is how we have met. <laughs> so I can actually um, confirm the powers of the pole, but we will come to that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so rather than chat through a sort of history and um, where you came from, although we'll weave that in, I'm sure, I just want to find out more about what makes you tick. So I want to ask you, what brings you joy, Rosie? Well, I mean, the obvious answer is pole dancing. Yeah. <laughs> I was kind of hoping that was going to be the answer. But I mean, any, any kind of dance and movement in general brings me so much joy. Yeah. Like whether it's out, you know, yeah. out on the dance um, floor, on the dance floor, a disco, partying, just yeah, moving, uh, singing as well. Like anything you to are do with singer. music. Yeah. yeah, music was something that I have been doing since I was young. And as a hobby or have you ever yeah as well yeah as a hobby mainly like I, I was you know I learned flute and piano when I was younger and then was full on all singing yeah and so it kind of started through that and then I started writing my own music as well and then yeah started doing dance and gymnastics and so it all kind of linked so it's in always together. been about using your physical body yeah. and organs yeah. in whatever way Massively, what is yeah. it that it what does it make you feel what 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 is it about the movement and the the, the sort of dancing of any kind that what does, mm. what does it make you feel i think it's just like a release yeah i think i've had you know struggles with mental health and things for for a long time yeah and for me it is such a release yeah it just it's like a therapy a therapy yeah, yeah yeah this is what I've always found with like I started off with music and I would just sit and play the piano for hours and not yeah. even notice time passing and be totally lost in like in what I'm doing yeah and it was such a nice way to escape from all the stresses and things I had in my life and then now that I can do that with pole dance yeah and 
with when I was doing trapeze and aerial stuff, it would just be this total like meditative time yeah. for me. Do you do you find that you almost do you step into yourself and become closer to sort of who you truly are, or does it help you to escape from who you are? I think it's a weird mixture of both. Yeah, it's like it's escaping from who I am in an external sense of like all the things in my life. Yeah, and then stepping into myself in terms of connecting with my body and yeah. and the expression of how I'm feeling. Yeah, like the like so often now. I always try and make time, you know, I'm teaching all my classes, but I get there an hour early or so and yeah. I make time just to dance to and express, yourself. express myself yeah. and especially how I'm feeling that day. Like I'll yeah, yeah. put on songs Your that, therapy session. yeah, I'm like put on some tunes or a playlist that it really reflects how I'm feeling that day and then just move to that and it really helps me kind of release it. It's an amazing tool, isn't it? And I think you hear it more and more with, with the creative sort of, I guess, industries in general and the different mediums that... And you hear it of a lot of singer-songwriters. Yeah. You you know you hear their journey through their their music quite mm. often, um, whether it's art, whether it's dance. It's incredible, you know, the powers of yeah. of, of creative release almost, isn't yeah. it? And ex- yeah, well, an expression. Yeah, it's um, it. I mean, you know, I guess even like you have art therapies, yeah, movement therapies in all different ways. Yeah. And it is an energy, isn't it? I mean, we yeah. kind of, I've been working through a lot of that in the different bits of my journey, whether it is the movement of energy, understanding the energy and where it is as well. I yeah. mean, I guess, you know, it can be trapped in all different parts of the body, can't it? Yeah, it's, absolutely. I had, um, I've had another guest on talking about vaginas and even yeah. the amount of tension and trauma trapped there. Mm. I've had, um, massage with Lizzie that we both know you know yeah. in, the, in the face and yeah. you kind of you know you hold a lot of tension in your jaw it is amazing that we kind of from a therapeutic pos- um, position you kind of think right I'm a massage and I have a shoulder massage and it's all in there and I certainly hold a lot of tension in my shoulders yeah, so do I. Yeah. Um, but energy is through all of our body isn't it yeah it's, absolutely it's, it's like, kind of rege- thinking about the whole body and the release yeah yeah and I think that's what dance gives me is like yeah. this full body kind of release feeling and when you know my mind and body and everything and I you know I was worried when I started teaching pole that the pressure of you know making it a business would take away from that but actually it hasn't it's really allowed me to continue doing that practice for myself but also share it with other people which is also like brings me so much joy so how do I mean how does that so having done pole and I've done lots of different sort of outlets I love boxing and that for mm. me has been a big therapy over the years at different points I guess it's, some of it's quite obvious with boxing because you're physically releasing yeah. And, yeah. and letting go of angers but more than that I guess strategically it, it's quite a release um, and I've always done in phases different whether it's running or different things but mm. pole is interesting and I think I guess one of the things you're tapping into with that and I guess we'll talk about a bit is the empowerment of it as well from an from a, not just the energy release, but, and I know some of the people that go to your classes are on their own journey of different yeah, kinds absolutely. and have gone through different things yeah. and they're using it to get closer, you know, back closer to their own power or their own strength through their body, I guess, in the way that you have. Yeah. And, and I guess, through their own feminine energy and mm. taking back ownership of their body. If, you know, yeah. some have had 
different things happen in yeah. their life that has caused trauma relating to their bodies, haven't they? And yeah. I think it's interesting. And I guess it's, you know, I, in the intro, talk about something that became, you know, began in a darkened room and quite seedy and now mm. is sort of now a form of exercise. It's a form of fitness on one level. Yeah. It's a form of energy release on another level. But then it's the empowerment, isn't it? And that whole, yeah. I, I've seen even... Um, Slum Flower influencer who's very, you know, activist and has gone through a lot of trauma and talks about um, sort of feminine strength is doing pole and like incredible seeing how she's transformed just even visually her physical body, but then yeah. within that sort of taking back her inner strength. And it is, it is, it's really hard. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it is what really I will hard. say. It's really hard. You make it look so easy. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I mean, from watching, I was actually in a class with Rosie last night and I mean, you make it look so easy. And I kind of, there's something inside you when you watch thinking, God, yeah, I can do that. And you get up and like, fuck, like, it's like, it's not easy at all. Mm. It's uh, it's really, it takes a lot of strength. It takes yeah. a lot of arm strength, a lot of core. Yeah, core. You know, especially me and a few others are mothers that have kind of lost some of that core, I guess, yeah. through time. Um, and it draws on a lot of, it's quite confronting. And yeah. I think when you start yeah. off and you're kind of, one, you think you're going to just get into your sexy and feel empowered straight away. But actually, like anything, there is an element of confronting the the prohibiting factors, whether mm. they're physical or mental yeah, or emotional. Absolutely, yeah. And actually, that's yeah. part of the journey, isn't it? It is p- massively part <laughs> of the journey. And that's what I found. It, it is really difficult. And this is what I try and remind my students all the time. It's like, when I first started, what, eight, eight nine years ago, I did not have the confidence at all that I had, yeah. that I have now. Yeah. And actually, uh, growing up, I was painfully shy. I, you know, I was not the same person that I am and have become yeah. through doing all these things, pushing myself like this. Like, I, I got bullied a lot when I was uh, in secondary for, school. Bullied for what? For physical uh, or for... Just, yeah, I think... Because I was incredibly shy, you know, I was fine in primary school and then I went to secondary school, yeah. which I think it's happens another to whole a lot game, of children. Yeah. And sort of, you know, I just didn't, I didn't have any friends, basically. I found it really hard to talk to people. But, and I was nerdy, you know, I I tried in class, which apparently wasn't cool, putting yeah. your hand up and all of this. Yeah. Um, kind of wanted to get a good education, but that seemed to make me a target. And so for a good two years, I had no friends, really. How did you at the time handle that? How did that? Not great. (laughs) That's when sort of my mental health problems started and physical. My body seems to respond really physically to stress. So uh, I was ill a lot. And but luckily, my lovely parents worked really hard to get me into a different school. Um, You changed schools. So I changed schools and then which was amazing for me. That's where my my music, that it was a really good school for music. So my passion for music really got pushed yeah. and all of this. And, and I also must have felt really encouraging and supportive, the fact that your parents believed in you and yeah. wanted to make it oh, your, yeah. you know, your life sort yeah. of, um, full of more opportunities and less um, struggle. Yeah, yeah, I'm so, I'm so lucky that I did have them really in you know yeah. in my corner yeah. and they they yeah they worked really hard to get me into this selective school um so 
that was but you know it, even though it was amazing when I went to that school I still had so much trauma from yeah you carry that from, with you you can't you know, suddenly let go of that yeah you can't suddenly you're... be like oh ta-da everything's fine again you well know? I think quite often people sort of think by changing physical circumstances you change everything but yeah. actually there is so much held in the past if we don't work through and deal yeah. with it isn't it I yeah. mean, I, I'm for sure yeah. understanding that more and more each day and I'm 47 and it's mm. you know that doesn't end yeah um, but you can't just erase that no can you it, you can't there's just so there's how did just that stay with you then when you moved to the new school or how did that did you find did you begin to find an outlet for it I think not for a while I mean luckily in the new school I went to one of my best friends who I've known since I was four years old we went to primary school together she was there so okay you know I had so that little security yeah. there so I kind of you know was able to slip into her friendship group but I think for so long I carried that nobody really liked me mm. that you know I, I had all these friends that were lovely and and we have now built such a lovely relationship but I, I think for so long in the back of my mind I thought oh well they're not going to be my friend they're going to leave me or they, they're not going to like me they're going to realize I'm not cool so what you know. was your storyline? So for when you were at the school that wasn't great to you and yeah. you had the bullying, what was either the external storyline or the internal storyline of why that was going on? Did you feel like you would it deserved that or did it turn into that eventually? I or was it around a certain area? Because it's, you know, obviously it wasn't from home life necessarily no. because you had a supportive home. Yeah. And it was you know you were trying to work hard should you say that's you know in secondary yeah. school not always deemed as the cool thing yeah. to do but what was the inner story you told yourself around that I think I it's hard to say I think I, I mean I've always been very shy but I think I luckily in my primary school had you know a couple of lovely weird friends who were weird and shy like me yeah you found <laughs> so a tribe I had my little tribe well, I think so that's the trick that isn't was, it it's finding yeah. your tribe you know even yeah. though we're all different and no two people are the same yeah it's finding people that are like-minded yeah even if they don't look the same or they don't do the same thing exactly but there's something that connects you which without us realizing is quite often our values yeah or what makes us tick yeah exactly yeah. and then I think when I was thrown into you know they went off to the other schools and and then I was thrown into this big scary world where I didn't have a tribe yeah I just crumpled and I, and I went even more into my shell yeah and so then that just seemed to yeah make me a, a target for bullying but and then I, I when you, with bullying it's like the more you get bullied the more you feel like you deserve it yeah you become you know, a victim and you become yeah, yeah and you just think well this is because I'm pathetic this is because I'm not cool did you this. have siblings yeah, or I've did got. You? An, do you? Do you? <laughs> I, mean, like, I do. Yeah, I've got my older sister, and she was great when when because she was in the same school and the, the, this school, the that difficult happened. school. Yeah, yeah. Um, and she did try her best to support but did, me. Did but she, she have any issues? Did she have any? No, bullets? she. No. Luckily, she had a, you know had a good group of friends, and yeah. I think I had a particularly troublesome year group to yeah, be honest. Yeah. Um, and I don't think the school handled it very well because yeah. my mum was going in with meetings and you know, their way of handling it was sending me to counselling rather than dealing with the bullies. Yeah, yeah. So then I'd go to my counselling the... well, sessions the and they follow me. Unfortunately, <laughs> that feeds into the storyline that it's you that's the problem, isn't it? Yeah. And that, yeah. So that doesn't really exactly. help at that age. Yeah. If yeah. you're being told you've got to be fixed. Yeah, rather it fully than fixing... reinforces yeah. this thing, like there's something wrong with you rather yeah. than these people are 
being nasty. You know Could what I mean? Could it be that there's something externally? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's mad the storylines we tell ourselves. And mm. to be honest, I've had some quite big revelations this mm. week around that, even at this stage yeah. in the game of, of storylines that I and maybe some externally have told myself. I'm like, oh my God, that was not the storyline. Yeah. And yeah. it's quite, it's quite, um, it becomes quite ingrained, doesn't it? When we tell ourselves oh, st- a story based yeah. on circumstance, mm. it actually doesn't matter whether it's true or not. Yeah. It yeah. becomes a part of our yeah. being. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's that's something that I've been working through for a long, long time, yeah. really. It's only just starting now to, to kind of untell that story yeah. to myself. It's not... Yeah, it's only been since I started teaching and since I started pole and, and started to have a bit of confidence in myself that I've been like, oh no, I'm not a loser. You know, yeah. oh, actually, I think and I'm is kind it of helping? Cool. <laughs> is it helping then? I mean, certainly you're well loved out down in Margate yeah. and, you know, you're building your tribe. Yeah. I guess, I guess that's the thing, isn't it? You've gone from, you know, the circumstances that maybe, um, a, you know, became a part of that bullying were not having a tribe around you that yeah. were then supporting. Yeah. So, what you've done in in turning to pole and physical and then taking that on board as as a career is you're now building your own tribe yeah it actually doesn't matter if anyone was saying anything because you've got your own tribe yeah i've got my um, yeah so we're going to come back to some of that but in in the flip side of asking you what brings you joy and, and kind of happiness I went to what brings you, and maybe maybe we've already tapped <laughs> yeah, on that. Might. What brings you stress and anxiety? Yeah. Well, I think, I, I mean, I am I have struggled a lot with anxiety. Yeah. For a long time, and so the thing that I found difficult actually coming here and starting my business is not having routine and not having yeah. that because obviously when I was a you're a teacher. teacher I mean that's really heavily really routine. Really heavily routine, like... and I like routine. Okay. I am quite. OCD about yeah, yeah. routine you know it's like for example when I used to smoke I had to have my certain cigarettes at certain times and yeah. like with my coffee and everything had to be right you know and so suddenly throwing all that out the window and coming here and being like okay just gonna start my business has been quite anxiety inducing really yeah. it's it's been quite stressful but actually quite releasing in a way just mm. trying to get rid of this idea that everything must be super structured mm. um but, but did, been, you, did you? Did yeah, you? Sorry, did stressful. some of you? Did you always have that side of OCD, or where did that come after the bullying? I think it's it. There's always been little hints of it, but it, it did amplify a lot yeah. after the bullying. Like I have, have this OCD thing with even numbers. Everything has to be even numbers, yeah. and that amped up massively. Like when I was getting bullied, I could only get on even number buses. You know what I mean? Like it. Yeah. It was like certain weird things. Which still stays with me like a little bit, but so I wonder whether it was some level of you trying to take some control, control. in a situation yeah. where oh, you yeah. felt like you didn't have any. Yeah, it the power totally was is. in the hands of the bullies rather yeah. than being in your in yourself. Yeah, it really is. I think, and and so I think having yeah, that is one thing that causes me stress is like lack of control. Yeah. Um. So I mean, anxiety is not always yeah. rational, is it? I mean, because oh, I've no. got a husband and yeah. a son who suffer with it. Yeah. And then myself and my daughter. Are, are quite different and it's mm. it's difficult to understand when you don't have it yeah and 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 and, and looking at it and some of the rationale because it's not always rational yeah that doesn't matter it's like with anything yeah. isn't it yeah i have other sides that cause <laughs> yeah. me stress in different ways but 
however we feel is how we feel and yeah. whatever is the reality the truth the the rationalization of anything almost doesn't matter yeah and that's what mental uh, health yeah. is around isn't it exactly. really it's the stories we tell ourselves it's it's the thoughts that turn into feelings that mm. turn into behaviors yeah and and it's you know it's it's then how you break down that pattern yeah and almost you were almost reverse it don't you change the behavior so that it changes the emotion so it changes it the changes thought it, yeah kind of go, yeah you have backwards. to go in reverse yeah but so so you you've now you're now freelance I mean it's quite hard going for I've always been freelance mm. I've not had jobs yeah um, until even recently with this um teaching job I've, yeah. you know it's quite for me it's really strange the other way around yeah, it's really bit, bizarre yeah. being being controlled and yeah. into a routine <laughs> yeah. I'm like what well, you're telling me to do something at some <laughs> time yeah. <laughs> yeah so random but when you're used to I can completely appreciate you know, I mean, teaching is the ultimate routine oh, yeah, because massively. it's not just you, it's all these students. and Yeah, it's their routine as well and you're yeah. responsible for their routine. Yeah, so then so, you're controlling the controlling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so many levels of control. Yeah, But yeah, it's like, it's freeing in a way though because yeah. it's it's nice not to be told what to do all the time. Yeah. And that's one thing I really struggled with teaching. Not so much, you know, I liked the routine side, but being told what to teach and how to teach and all yeah. of this because I have a real problem with the education system in this country yeah. and I don't agree with a lot of it no. and I was teaching year one and um, I was in a lovely school you know and it wasn't anything to do with the school and the way it worked It's it was to do with it's the higher system, system yeah. Yeah. that I just really struggled with you know putting so much pressure on year one children little five, so five and six year olds making them sit down and do tests and they brought in all these you know national yeah. phonics tests and all this I'm like Gone this through is it. mental it's not, yeah it's well it's kind of it's putting that pressure so early on isn't it and a lot of countries yeah. don't even start school till seven exactly. or a bit exactly. later do they yeah and I yeah that's I think that's what that caused me a lot of stress and, and how is how is your sort of influence of being in the teaching world now running your own in all intents and purposes school you're yeah. in pole school pole school <laughs> so, yeah you know yeah. so you're now taking control and doing things your way yeah how is what you've learned through that impacting how you're doing it now yeah. and and realizing the the power empowerment in mm now just making the decisions working yeah. out I suppose it's looking at your what you're learning from going through this process and yeah. like, and I guess you know the question is is that you know what from that is then driving you to what what have you found from your own journey through this mm. to reach where you are with Paul that you really want to give to other people I think I mean obviously it's it's been it's really good having the background in teaching for then starting this journey because yeah. I have a lot of transferable skills and I've realised... naughty children. <laughs> well, yeah, I've Sorry. Of teaching adults is quite similar to teaching children. Yeah. Especially when they're but... trying to, like... <laughs> yeah, move... not naming any names. <laughs> move out and do their own memes yeah. and not listen to teach. I know, I'm a terrible no, but student. More actually, in terms of the way that people learn, yeah. uh, I was quite surprised that actually a lot of the tools that I used with five-year-olds actually still apply to... Yeah. Yeah, adults, but it's also about bringing out the fun and the joy of it yeah. and actually because I, I never wanted my classes to be really serious you know and it's like okay yeah pole is now like classified as a sport but it's fun and I want to yeah. bring the fun and I want to bring the yeah. joy and the love of it because then because I think people can come in feeling quite anxious and nervous coming into pole classes especially when you come early on or for the first time so I want to take away that 
nervousness and just yeah. bring out the joy and the love and the perception of it yeah. all beforehand is quite a big thing isn't it yes yeah. once you yeah. crack people on those first couple of classes then yeah you move to a different level of yeah i guess um teaching and, and it's really important i think within this type of um dance especially because of the root of it yeah um creating that safe space isn't it especially exactly. as a lot of people are on their own journey and exactly. using it for a different reason to aid their own journey some mm. might just be for fitness some yeah. might be for core it might be for release it might be mm. but it's do you feel that responsibility yeah i do yeah. a lot and i i definitely feel you know when when students come in new and and i can feel their slight anxiety or like lack of body confidence or anything like that I feel I feel a big responsibility to mm. make them feel as nurtured and yeah. welcome as possible and supported and but this is a, yeah something that also that really drew me to pole is when the first few times I was going it's it was just such a lovely supportive environment mm. and it made me start to come out of my shell and and feel more confident because you know partially because of my inner journey but also because of all the lovely people around me mm. and everybody as a tribe yeah exactly yeah. it wasn't it was a tribe that I found and a new tribe yeah that just filled me with so much confidence and support yeah which was lovely so that's yeah. what I want to bring to everybody else that's why I wanted to start doing it I wanted to share that same feeling that I got when I was starting out in your journey yeah well I think this feels like a good time to ask you um what was your earliest memory of pressing your fuck it button now you might not have realized at the time it's the conscious fuck it button yeah it's when you made a change or or that moment of letting go of fear shame and overthinking yeah and judgment uh, and I especially with your storyline it's interesting because it's probably quite the different moments of that but your earliest mm. memory first of all yeah there's there has been a few moments of it but I think Thinking about it more, I was like, well, it's probably when I was 18 and I moved to Paris. Yeah. And I I, I was going to go to uni to do French and music, but I decided to defer a year. And for me, as a very shy, scaredy little yeah. person, I was like, right, I'm going to Paris. Bye, everyone. <laughs> what inspired that decision? Well, my cousin had been a few years before to be an au pair yeah. for a family. And I was like, I had the, you know I had this inner feeling of like I need to do something and I, I need mm. to push out of my comfort zone yeah. and she sort of was like well why don't you do that I was like okay yeah cool I'm going to go and study French at uni anyway so it would be great to go to Paris and learn and get better at my French so I was like right off I go kind of just decided to do it didn't work out as well as I'd hoped okay. but um, <laughs> I mean it was I a pretty big for... I think it's a pretty big fuck it button I mean yeah. having gone through so much trauma mm. and bullying yeah. and being someone that was underconfident yeah it was a really brave I move think, I think it was slightly too big for the time in well, the end but, but there was it, some again, power led, within you yeah. that made you want to give yourself that gift or permission yeah. to do something for you yeah. that was not controlled or decided by anyone else yeah exactly and, and whether yeah. it ended up the right reason I, mean, I think we rarely regret the things we do do we regret the things we don't, don't. so i mean if you yeah. hadn't you probably would be here saying Absolutely. or yeah. maybe you might be you know we wouldn't even be here having this conversation yeah 
that you didn't make a change. Yeah. And you would have been standing still. Yeah. And you would have maybe gone to uni and you would have maybe done well at university and who knows where that would have gone. But yeah. it gave you an early bit of power and and, and rocket fuel yeah. maybe. Yeah. But and ultimately it led me down the path that I something. have done. Which I'm so well, it didn't go pleased. well, you said. It didn't what? go so well. <laughs> okay. Well, that sounds like a story, Rosie. Um, <laughs> it just, uh, so I, I mean, I was supposed to stay for a year with this family and I just didn't get on great with the family. We didn't gel well together. My my insecurities and all of that um, really out. reared its head okay. quite massively. And I, I struggled with insomnia. That got really bad. I was only sleeping a few hours a night. I was going out quite a lot and I stopped eating well, you know. And So it turned into a bit more self-destruction. into big time self-destruction. Yeah. But, you know, luckily, again, lovely supportive family I was talking to them a lot and they're like just come home it's not a failure you've stuck it out for three months that's plenty of time so that was maybe the second like, fuck it button was actually yeah, coming back coming back yeah having and they were like, it's not because I was going so much in my head like well I failed that I'm pathetic again you know all of this kind well, of I stuff well I think we tell ourselves there's such a big storyline that we all tell ourselves that when we stop doing something it's a fail mm. and you yeah. know there's lots of people that are you know, pivoting their businesses and closing shops right now with small businesses. Mm. There's lots of people that are making a change. It's much braver to change something if it's not working than yes. to stick with it to prove a point that you could do it. Exactly. It's, it's yeah. there's that you don't get any prizes yeah. for sticking with something that's not working. Yeah. And the the what that shows is that you're connected to your gut as far as what's right. And I think if something doesn't feel right anymore, mm. then you make the change. And that's really, to be honest, with you, that almost feels like as big a fuck it button yeah. as the first one. Because yeah. it is it is, it is, is that moment, you know, like I say, whether it's people stopping their business. Mm. You know, oh, I feel, I mean, I've had many moments. I've been bankrupt. I, ha I had to close a shop for various reasons. Mm. Um, there's lots of different things. And we kind of, you know, I'm meant to be doing the marathon. I'm actually now thought this week that I might not because I'm. Why am I doing it? Am I doing it for ego to prove something? Mm. Actually, there's different bits of my body that it's probably not the best. I've got loads of shit I want to focus on in the yeah. next few months. So yeah, you know, it's like what's you have to ask yourself the question: What is the reason you're not pressing that fuck it button to change if yeah. it's stopping something? It is not a fail. Yeah, you're just evolving and and you know working out what's right. Yeah, and, and, and actually, I'm glad now. You know, now that. I look back and I'm like, yeah, I'm quite proud of myself that I did that yeah, and I took that be. decision and I didn't just stick it out for the sake of it and yeah, to prove a point. How did how did that feel? How did the first bucket bucket button feel of making the move to go there on the back of feeling, you know, quite insecure? And then then versus the second one, which was then taking the power back and making the how did they feel and were they different? It feeling? was yeah, different feeling. I mean, the first one was, you know, obviously mixture of absolute terrified <laughs> like what am I doing yeah but it was exciting yeah I think the second time like coming back at the time I think I was in such a bad mental place yeah. that it felt terrible okay. but now I look back I'm like oh that was really good you yeah. know what I mean I think well, you didn't realize was, you were actually in your power in doing no it. yeah I felt like I was uh yeah as I say I felt Let like at the time I was just yeah being a failure but now I'm like no that was a powerful decision it's especially to take for my mental health yeah which I haven't I haven't 
uh, before that I hadn't made my mental health a priority I think yeah. f- for That's any for a lot of my of people, life it's, yeah, yeah. Like, it's hard to and so well, you can't see it I think anything you yeah. can't see and this is a whole conversation around you know a lot of mental health isn't mm. it or, or invisible illnesses or yeah. disabilities yeah. because if you can't see it it's very difficult to rationalise it yeah. to measure it to, yeah. so exactly. it's important yeah. so yeah and it took me a while after coming back to really find my feet I think that's when I um, just started working in a nightclub in Dalston and a cafe so did you start off on the pole in the club first <laughs> no unfortunately they didn't have a pole because that could have been the story couldn't it like, a great the story. positive pole and the negative yeah. pole no unfortunately there was no pole in the club um, but, but that might have started your journey off with pole in a very different way yeah it could have gone down a different route which is also a fine route but it's not the way I went with it but yeah oh, my daughter when she found out that um I'd taken a pole. Well, obviously, they're horrified at everything I do anyway. Like, you know, they've got a shaved head, weird-looking mum that, that, that probably acts more like a teenager than they do. But um, my daughter's like, oh, does that mean you're going to be a stripper now? I'm like, listen, you want a new bike? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we live in King's Cross. <laughs> yeah. Why, yeah. why would that be so bad? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, yeah why not? <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because yeah. that is that is quite often the, um, the initial reaction of people don't know anymore. So... Yeah. so so there's an element with both of those fuck it buttons that felt quite freeing. Yeah. Without maybe, you know, the full freedom didn't come maybe till later. later. Yeah, yeah, I think so. It was sort of like a more subconscious free yeah. rather than yeah. it being at the forefront. Yeah. Because, yeah, it was it was all quite... So that that's the earliest memories. What would you say is your biggest fuck it button moment? Well, I think the biggest one would be after my accident um so let's talk about this because i haven't even i've only alluded to this so Mm. you had a back injury i did yeah um and it wasn't from falling off a pole or acrobatics no let's set the scene of the accident and this sits after your phase of the sort of slightly wild I'm going to use wording and you can change the wording wilder um, forms of expression that were Mm. maybe a little less self-caring slightly more destructive more destructive period yeah so So you're in a period of self-destruction yeah it's in that period (laughs) post Paris post Paris self-destruction time yeah post Paris pre-pole yes that's it yeah exactly that era Um, (laughs) yes I was working in the nightclub um Having a lot of fun, yeah. but um, yeah, as as you said, quite destructive behaviour and um, yeah, set the scene. It was Halloween. It was about five, six in the morning. We finished at about five. I was on my way um, back to my ex-partner at the time, his, his place, and a couple of us, well, me and my friend from the nightclub, were like, let's go have a drink by the river. So we were sat, this is in London, by the way, we were sat on the South Bank and uh, I fell off the South Bank into the Thames, about 15 foot. Um, the tide was out and I landed on my bum, luckily. And so, yeah, I feel this blinding pain shoot up through my back. And um, I was lying there, see my little friend's head pop over the wall. So like, you were in the water? I was in the sludge because okay. the tide is, was out. 
It's it was a pretty gross. deep colour of brown, the it was sludge on the, on the Thames, deep, isn't it? lovely greeny brown. Because it's neither mud nor sand, really. It's, no, yeah, it's, it's kind of literally just sludge. A little magic, yeah. magic something in between. Yeah, so it was sludge and rocks, and I was just li- sort of lying there. I can't really move. See my little f- friend's head pop over so the wall. So could any part of you move at that stage? When you looked up? Initially, you... no. Initially, I think it was, I was, f- like, the pain was so blinding had you ever felt anything like that before no no and like i've struggled with a lot of pain through quick through my life because i have endometriosis and yeah at that time it was still undiagnosed so i was dealing with a lot of really bad um period pains that would yeah. like, shoot all down my legs like crippling you know mm. sometimes i couldn't walk um but this is like but next not, level next like level, yeah. what the, what's happened and were you under the influence of anything at the time many things <laughs> so yeah. you weren't even really feeling the full pain no no it would have no. been a lot worse if i yeah. was sober so i mean yeah. you know yeah you're thankful for your consumption that night oh at yeah that stage. yeah i mean it probably wouldn't have happened yeah but okay, okay yeah you yeah. know but i mean it is like the paramedics said like well it's a good thing you are so wasted yeah, yeah. because you also self, you um you loosen up. <laughs> yeah, yeah very very self-medicated but also because you loosen up when yeah. you and i guess your fall. reactions are more fluid aren't they yeah They're kind of like yeah. less I, you when almost you go, go into rigid. a tension don't yeah. you i guess and yeah. your, your your muscles and yeah you can everything. actually do more damage yeah um yeah, <laughs> I mean, listen. If ever there were a moment to be thankful for being off your tits, yeah, now's the now's time. The time. <laughs> but yeah, so I lay there for a bit, and she was like, "Do we need to call an ambulance?" And I was like, mm, "I don't know." Unless you can send a crane <laughs> yeah. to come and get me. Well, that's I it. would say I was yes. like, <laughs> I don't know. And then I think shock set in, and I that just suddenly kind of couldn't feel anything. Right, my legs were all tingly, like I couldn't properly feel my legs. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I mean, they feel weird, but the pain's kind of all right now. So I think I'll just crawl up to this ladder that I can see. So I literally... It's a 15 foot. Yeah. And I, I dragged myself up a ladder. I think your body does a it's weird like a movie, thing. Isn't it? it was, It must have yeah. your friends that were watching. Yeah. It must have looked like something from yeah, Night of the Dead. Yeah, some by a sort of gathered and, and were people trying to help you at any stage yeah they were like around? we need to call an ambulance I mean there were very few people around it was about 6 in the morning yeah. on a Saturday morning or something Friday morning and so you know it there wasn't many people about but they were like we need to call an ambulance and I was like no 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 it's fine I no, can I have this. had some drunk accidents and I kind of know yeah I've, know, I've still got a hole in my leg from not getting it stitched when I got yeah. bottled one night but I think it's also your body goes into this this like right you think you're a superhero as well yeah when when you've had a few absolutely you're you're kind of like have an invincibility yeah you didn't know but it's like the pain had kind of gone I was aware that my legs were weird and I couldn't really stand up yeah so I got up to the top I was like no no it's fine it's like a few minutes away from my partner's house we're gonna I'm just gonna go back there so I crawled through central London couldn't stand up Climbed so up this day, still no ambulance. Still no ambulance. No. Climbed up a flight of stairs when I got there, and then my ex-boyfriend was sat on the sofa, fallen asleep. And then, then I sat down, and I was like, so "You sat on top of that." Compressed I sat pain. on top of the compressed pain, and I was like, "Oh my god!" And then it, the pain rushed back to me. I can often be very dramatic when I'm drunk. I woke him up like, I broke my back. Something terrible's happened. Call an ambulance. He's like, no, you're just being so dramatic again. So cry in yeah. and you couldn't get the reaction yeah. that you needed. But eventually he realised, oh, wow, no, this is really bad. And so I lay me down on the floor. And then called an ambulance. One ambulance comes. They're like, oh, God, okay. 
we can't get because the I just climbed up a very steep flight of stairs and they were like we can't get you back down the stairs safely the two of us another ambulance came in the end I think there was four ambulances because they kept having to get more people and more equipment so I was in like a neck brace pelvic brace on a stretcher then another stretcher had six people to carry me down the stairs again they were like you've made our life really difficult <laughs> you're so annoying why did you climb up all these stairs I, like, I don't know I just wanted to go home so so what was the diagnosis so you get to hospital what 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 was the diagnosis so what, I what got to hospital to and I'd uh basically crushed my L2 vertebrae so the the impact had sort of compressed it was like a um, compound fracture so like a concertina like a um, yeah so it just kind of gone through in all different kind of yeah in a few different places a little bit of bone had pinged out luckily towards my stomach rather than in towards my spinal column and there he said I was about a centimetre away from being paralysed that's why I couldn't feel my legs properly because of all the swelling around the brake was putting pressure on my so what was the what was the kind of prediction of of whether how and and what you would how you would get out of this like was was there a path to full recovery at that stage or was it unknown it was I think the thing it's hard to to remember because I was on a lot of morphine for about a week (laughs) while I I was in hospital for a week and so they were sort of seeing how it went they they were reluctant to operate because obviously it's very risky and so they were they were like well the break is stable so we want to try and let it heal on its own so I was in hospital for a week and they would sort of gradually raise my bed day by day and see how it was um but that's all quite a blur but how did that at this stage obviously once the morphine kind of died down then yeah. what you know what was your first memory of feeling once you came through the heavy drugs like how you were laying in bed in hospital yeah. and First you had very little... sneezing. <laughs> right. And it was awful. <laughs> I remember, like, because then, yeah, they'd stopped the morphine. I was still on tramadol, which is pretty good. But um, I remember waking up in the night and sneezing and it was horrible. And it was like this awful pain. And that, you know, sort of, yeah, coming down from the morphine and realizing, like, oh my God, I've done something really bad here. Um, so then yeah it was hard so they just sort of sent me home after a week I had a back brace and they were like you've got to just lie flat basically so so what did how did that feel you know you've kind of gone from you've gone from school you've gone from the bully you've gone to then to moving to Paris mm. you've come back from Paris you've gone into party land yeah and now suddenly the universe has (laughs) sent you to a place of complete stillness yeah Literally. And you now can't escape mm. or run. Yeah. You can't run to Paris. You yeah. can't run can't, to a party. Yeah. Can't do it. You're now still. Yeah. What's going through your mind right now? That was, yeah. So, th- I mean, this was yeah, the kind of fuck it button moment where I yeah. was like, so this is well, a big fuck it button. I need to sort my life out and yeah. I need to change what's going on because I'm not yeah. happy. And did the partying at the time make you happy? In the temporary way that it does. Yeah. You know, it's like you get... But once you came down off of whatever you're on yeah, each night, was, once did you, you just carry on then to fill that gap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you just go back. And I mean, so, I was working mad hours because I worked at cafe. Like sometimes I'd, you know, work in the nightclub, partying till four or five in the morning, go, I had keys for the cafe, start work there at half past six. So I'd go and just lie down for an hour, you know, and it, and then it would just so cycle So proper destruction. Over. So yeah. you're, you're, so let, you're laying down, you realise that you've got to make a change. Mm. So this is the big fuck it button moment. Yeah. So 
you've recognised that you are in a situation you literally can't get out of. I mean, yeah. like, well, oh, figurative, yeah. like, yeah. No whatever. way I'm getting out literally of Literally can't <laughs> yeah. move. You yeah. cannot move. You yeah. cannot get to a party. Yeah. You cannot do anything. Yeah. What, in your mind, so you press your fuck it button yeah. and you make, what, what was the first changes you made and how did that feel knowing that, you know, you're kind of a little bit shy of being paralysed. Yeah. You're kind of, you're lying down. You literally can't move. You have no choice in some ways yeah. to do something. Yeah. Like you can't Basically, go back yeah. to yeah. how you were. Yeah. So exactly. you had to make a change. Yeah. Explain how that fuck it button felt and what you then did to start to make the changes. It felt, well, it felt kind of, I mean, obviously a bit scary because I was like, okay, what am I going to do now with my life? But also quite freeing and quite... Yeah, a bit, you know, exciting to try and think, okay, right, look, this is not working. What can I do? And then I was just, I had obviously a lot of time to mull things over. Well, it's a bit of a Frida Kahlo kind of moment. Yeah. You're kind of laid up and you've got to turn, you turn to something or you don't. Yeah. So, So, yeah, I took a lot of time thinking and I was like, what's something that I've always wanted to do? And I was realising, I was thinking back about my childhood and I used to sit there. I have a a sister, but I used to quite like playing on my own. And I'd... um, sit there writing registers and with my pretend class of all my toys you know and doing spelling tests with them and doing all this I had this little book with all the made up names Mm. you know and I'm like ah I think that's always been deep inside me that I do want to be a teacher teacher. and actually when I was in Paris I was teaching one of the little kids piano and I really enjoyed that and so I I was like thinking okay so giving something something to someone else and empowering them has been something that's kind of yeah. yeah, been a bit of a thread. Yeah, yeah, I think, and I, but I didn't really realise it so much at the time. But then, before that, and then it was at this moment that I was like, oh yeah, that is something I really love, and that's something that I really want to start doing. Yeah. So then I yeah it was so a you go for to uni. training. So you I, go back to uni. Yeah. So I, yeah, because the the original time I was supposed to go to uni for French and music. When I came back from Paris, I was like, nope, I can't do that. So I sacked that off. So I was like, okay, second time round. Let's give it a try. I'm going to apply to do teaching. I mean, I wrote my personal statement while I was still on a lot of tramadol. So I had to rewrite that when I, when I came off the tramadol, which is quite fun. So so you, you become a teacher. You become mm. a teacher and you are then empowering these small people to mm. start their journey of yeah. play and learning yeah. and, and, and schooling. Yeah. I mean... This is the first phase because obviously we we you know we know what you're doing now and we're going to move mm. on probably to to more fuck it buttons. You've yeah. had a few. Yeah. Um, how, in retrospect, the accident mm. and obviously you've had the various bits behind that, but all of these sort of I guess traumas or life events that have happened between the bullying, um, the Paris, the, and then the accident. What what have they given do you th- you do you think as far as life tools and drive and mm. passion and ambition have have they fueled it have they dampened it and 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 how has you know these big these three big fuck it buttons that we've mm. sort of said what has that given you as a sort of foundation as a person because that's you know you've had trauma but then like ultimate kind of strength through it yeah and for anyone else that's listening that's kind of either going through life events or kind of working out you know, deciding, like, only reckoning with their, their fuck it button. Yeah. You know, what did it give you? I think, for me, it's like each time there's been this kind of trauma, there's this dip and this initial, 
kind of darkness around it, but then it's always come out as... Phoenix. Yeah, it is. It, yeah. It's like, it, I've definitely like got, gained so much strength yeah. through all these things and so much determination yeah. and resilience, you know, and yeah. ultimately I look back at all these traumas, most of them, and with kind of fond eyes because I'm yeah. like, well that's made me who I am yeah. it's made me so much stronger it's made me so much like more a, able so is it Christina songs playing and in my head a right? little bit stronger <laughs> sounds like a good pole track a little bit faster <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but it is yeah, yeah. and it's, it's Christina's so right it yeah, does, yeah. you know I think you can deal with it or everybody deals with trauma in different ways but if you can try and turn it into something positive and really use it to well it's knowing through. each one gives you lessons doesn't it yeah. and, and i think That's, this yeah, is yeah, the yeah. the That's whole it. point of it for me is like it's that whole understanding that mm. each of these sort of life events that happen or things that we go through it's the learning in it that's the yeah. gift it's a gift yeah. and i think reframing that in our mind that mm. these are gifts yeah any, when anything bad happens to you, rather than kind of wallow or go into a space of thinking about the negativity of it, mm. it's actually just, and, and now, you know, I guess I maybe have, and that's why my fuck it button's been going for mm. so long, but it's framing it that it's a gift because I realised, and even, <laughs> I mean, I, I was in therapy before we had this podcast yeah. this morning, <laughs> and yeah. my amazing um, therapist, we were kind of discussing this, and I, I realised that, that is my superpower. It's mm. like, the, it's the way out. And when I went yeah. bankrupt, various things happened and in relationship. And what I realized was I, I didn't allow the space around it for me to fight my way out. Mm. And that's when I come into my own. And I think it sounds yeah. like for you, it's kind of like, it's as long as you give yourself that space after it, yeah. to sort of move around and not put pressure on yourself and yeah. find the fight and the way you need to do it. Yeah. Um, then it. then it's the, the phoenix is... It's highs and lows, isn't it? It's oh yeah, always. The the high is incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And yeah. do you think that it outweighs then the darkness, knowing that you're gonna? Yeah, I think for me it has done. I think more so recently. I, when I was younger and before I dealt with a lot of my mental health problems and issues, the darkness was was bigger. Yeah. You know, and and so the balance was the there balance quite wasn't as much, there. No. But now I. But then. Equally, that's that's fed into me now yeah. being able to yeah. get out of the darkness easier or embrace darkness and understand it and then, yeah, rise from it. Do you feel that having gone through a few different things that your knowledge that there is a the lows mean that there's a high coming? Yeah. Do you have any level of sort of comfort in a way now, having gone through a few different situations that if you get, are you able to now in your own mind, when if you do get to a dark space or mm. kind of know that you're kind of feeling in a way that, you know, is feeling less healthy for you, do you have any level in that moment to be able to have a word and, yeah. and, and, and sort of have the knowledge that that means you're going to have that fight and then rise again? Yeah, yeah, it's not always. Yeah, I mean, it's my mum always says this analogy to me and she has done for ages where you know when you're in a valley and you're very low you can't see what's all above yeah but when you come out onto to the top of the hill yeah you can see the valley and you can see oh this is fine it's not that scary and you can yeah. see everything else so i always try and remind myself of that when it in you're in the darkness and it can be sometimes really easy to forget that yeah. actually 
it's going to get better and they and it's going to give you this fight and it's going to pull you out and you'll be on top of the hill mm. in no time and it will you know and so that's something i try and always remind myself and it's a great analogy yeah it worked yeah no she's a very wise lady but yeah it, and it really helps me yeah. and then well it's an acceptance of it isn't it i think because yeah. even though yeah. we kind of know it in a way it's kind of you can't see it mm. but if you can always console yourself that you can feel it yeah that's then it. it helps you to rise yeah. to see it yeah doesn't it on and some level i've got so much better now of like yeah accepting it understanding thinking okay this is why i'm feeling like this this happened okay this isn't feeling great what am i going to do now to push myself out rather than i used to wallow a lot and it used to take me a long time to well, that, get out of that a is spiral. tied in with anxiety isn't it that's it's it. a space yeah. of it's, yeah yeah it's worry turned inside out yeah and it's, it perpetuates itself yeah. and it's like then you're worrying about worrying like because you know with yeah. my sleep stuff i get anxious about and you don't get sleeping. that you don't get that time back no yeah this it's is what such I a waste of time <laughs> i mean i yeah. spend a lot of my time with with the men in my household it's like i'm often deemed as a maybe a little bit flippant or 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 kind of not not worrying about certain things i mean i do worry mm. but I kind of like life's short. Fuck it. Mm. This is the whole exactly. point of the fucking it. yeah. It's you know, if you can worry and it and it becomes productive. Like yeah. that in my mind, I'm like, if yeah. the worrying turned into action and it yeah. made something happen, that I get. Yeah. But if worrying more often worrying stops you doing things because yeah. you become debilitated. Yeah. yeah. And this so, is what I've tried to do is turn yeah. this anxiousness. It's not easy. No, it's really hard. It's taken a lot of work, but yeah. trying to yeah turn this anxiousness into something productive. Yeah, like do, you know doing the performances I've been doing. You mentioned the crowd. You yeah, know, yeah. This. I used to be terrified of performing. Like it would make a terrified me crab. feel physically. <laughs> yeah, honestly. <laughs> yeah, a little terrified, timid crab. She started as a spider. She's now a crab. Yeah, exactly. But you know, I turn. I I use that and I push myself to do these things now that fill me with anxiety yeah and it's great and, I, and, and how does that I love feel it? then once you've done it how does oh the, what's God. the feeling of achieving that once you've gone through the stress absolute of, high yeah. like it's it's, it's amazing a, it's dopamine hit yeah on it's acid isn't yeah it? so, exactly it's like adrenaline yeah. dopamine everything and you feel amazing i mean i feel i often feel quite weird after and i don't really remember what's just happened you know yeah. <laughs> it's sort of out of body listen experience. you've been up, upside down quite a lot and spinning around a yeah huge it's amount quite discombobulated <laughs> oh i was doing spinning yesterday and my god i was like <laughs> combination feeling a bit too hot hadn't eaten and then spinning around a lot it's quite a it can yeah it's, a it's quite a strange senses. feeling yeah yeah, it is. yeah so i just i mean is there any moments in your past? I'm not really into regret, but is there mm. moments now you know what the fuck it button feels like? Mm. You know what that feeling is and what you can do. Yeah. Are there any moments from your past that you wish you had? Uh, I don't know. That's a tricky one because it's like, I can think about things that I would have liked to do or wish yeah. I had done. But then I'm like, oh, but I'm pretty happy with the way that it's turned yeah. out. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's, there's certain things like I wish I'd really pushed more with my dance and gymnastics because I kind of stopped doing that when I was younger when I found alcohol <laughs> you Listen, know what I mean, I mean <laughs> that kind of took a lot of things seat. to stop when people discover alcohol exactly you know as a young teenager or like I, I I used to play a lot of rugby and I got scouted to play for Saracens Girls and 
I went along to one session. I was terrified because I was like, oh, I was quite small. Yeah. And everyone was massive. And I was like, I don't want to do this. I wish I'd have gone and done that yeah, yeah. more because Listen, I loved it. You know, you're not you're not down yet. There's still time. Oh, yeah, there's still time. Listen, <laughs> yeah. I think um, sort of I've only known you in this phase of your life. Mm. Um, but seeing who you are now, I think anything's possible for you. Yeah. And I think it's, you know, there's there's an incredible journey still ahead. Mm. Are there any moments sort of from now and sort of future you would like to press your fucking button? Is there sort of feeling, you know, are you in that phase now? Is there, mm. you know, is there moments that you kind of wish that for yourself and hoping that you can do it or get yeah. it? Yeah, I mean, there's, yeah, there's things obviously that I want to push forward with my business. It's like, I'd love to get my own proper space. I'm renting my little studio now. I'd love to buy somewhere big and turn it into this like lovely community space as well as a pole studio and a dance studio and aerial and and open that up for other people to dance in you know all this kind of thing i want to build that and i want to yeah. build momentum so that's a with that building. that's a future building one you yeah. know and because what do you feel like we've talked about the empowering side of pole mm. i mean ultimately what what's your sort of message to people if they're sort of saying i'm thinking about pole yeah. i don't know i don't i mean i'm i don't i don't think my body's right for pole mm. i don't feel you know i'm quite shy i'm not sexy enough i'm not yes what 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 would you say to someone that's kind of thinking about it but not feeling confident enough or not yeah. quite in the space that you now are and yeah. maybe weren't when you started? Yeah, well, that's the thing I often say to people is that I was I was in exactly the same space as you are when I started, and it it's it takes a bit of time. It takes a bit of pushing the fucking button and, and yeah. pushing through the fear yeah. to to get and the bloody pain and the bruises and the bruising and the pain you need you to want get to make used sure to that. that you let anyone close to you know what you're up to because yeah, the unexplainable bruises looks a bit dodgy sometimes <laughs> look a bit dodgy and they are in places that could be explained in a very different yeah, way yeah <laughs> but i think yeah i try always reiterate everybody is for pole literally you know yeah because there are men do it too don't they i mean we've got yeah. you know we've got male you've got male two lovely uh, male students customers clients client, <laughs> all clients, of the above yeah <laughs> two lovely students two male students yeah and any any person any it's acrobatic any some of it, isn't it it's like some it of it's sexier yeah. the more dancey side of it and yeah. some of it's full-on acrobatic I absolutely mean, it's like some of it's hanging literally hanging yeah. on a pole yeah some of it's a lot more circus skill yeah. kind of stuff and so there and i think this is what's lovely about it is anyone can take whatever they want from it mm. you know there's all different sides to it because even with the dancey stuff there's some lovely pole dancers that are much more contemporary yeah or there's a pole dancer that does it in ballet points you know yeah, and yeah. I mean the burlesque I liked the burlesque that, yeah that I was mean I kind of that right definitely it definitely belly. connected with something I used to um I used to organize I used to have a vintage wedding dress collection I used mm. to run big vintage wedding fairs and we always used burlesque girls mm. as the models and there's just something very Energy. sort of empowering sexy yeah. rather than kind of I guess deemed slutty sexy yeah. it's kind of yeah. which almost is I guess the antithesis of of people's perception I guess of pole mm. isn't it you know that it's yeah. a very sort of um stripper club type yeah activity yeah yeah well, and what would you say so what three words to describe pole oh, <laughs> I'll put you on the spot she didn't know words. that I was gonna say That's this mean. so sorry okay. gang she's okay three words to describe pole I'm really bad at doing this three word stuff. Just like that. <laughs> empowering. Empowering, yeah. Um, <laughs> confidence. Yeah. Um, community. Yeah. 
So it's Done. real kind of, tri- yeah. I mean, I think, yeah. you know, that whole idea, I mean, it feels perfect for you with your past, this idea of building this safe mm. space and yeah. this, so you you know, you're sort of working people's physical health, mental yeah. health yeah. and social. Yeah, exactly. Kind of, so it's yeah. tapping into a lot of that. Yeah. It's amazing. And like, it's quite an incredible journey for someone so young. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, and I think, you know, we can have all sorts happen in our life. And obviously the great thing about, doing this podcast is largely people are discussing things in retrospect that have happened although mm. a lot are still going through some of it mm. and I think you being on this side of it that you've gained some of the learning we're yeah. always still on a journey aren't we? Yeah. I mean it's like it never ends I'm quite a bit older and and for sure still on a journey massively yeah. and yeah. it doesn't end till we till we're done you know and exactly, I think yeah it's and and so I, I want to ask you um so for our next guest, mm. what what would you say is the reason someone should press a button, fuck it button, and what it feels like? Sales pitch for the fuck it button. Sales pitch, <laughs> all right. I think you should definitely push the fuck it button because it's, it's this feeling of release, empowerment, and sort of accepting all the things that have happened yeah. taking them on board and pushing forward and yeah. kind not of not denial it's yeah, just, not yeah. denial at all and it's like you're not burying your head in the sand you're not sort of being like oh I'm just going to distract myself is that no you can take that fear take that whatever inner turmoil is going on yeah. and just be like okay what am I going to do to channel it yeah. and I think that's what I've use tried it. to do and use yeah. it f- for something positive turning that whatever negative space is going on and pushing forward and making it something positive um, f- for the future for your future and for people around you so yeah. I think that's what I've tried to do and that's you know and it's actually it can feel really scary Yeah, it can feel really sure. uncomfortable but you know like they always say like push yourself out of your comfort zone like yeah at the end get comfortable being uncomfortable get comfortable being uncomfortable yeah, yeah. and you know this is what I did with pole. the first few months of doing pole I was wearing trackies and a hoodie and I was like nobody Hiding. look at my body don't look at me I you know internally I was loving it but I was like but also like this is terrifying well it's the inside then meeting the outside yeah, isn't it and that exactly. takes a while yeah it's and kind of... so uh, yeah and it took me quite a long time yeah to and what does do it feel but... like for you what's that ultimate feeling it's hard to put a finger on I it. mean you said about the phoenix and and sort of freedom yeah I think having release y- releasing past issues or current issues yeah. and yeah it, it does give you a freedom and it gives you a sense of achievement as well it, yeah. you know like it's the first time in a long time doing all of this that I feel really proud of myself yeah imagine. and I haven't had that confidence to feel proud of myself yeah. it's giving yourself so permission to life. feel proud yeah as well, isn't yeah it? yeah I mean, yeah I think we're often waiting for other people to be proud of us I think yeah. if we can be proud of ourselves yeah. Yeah, and I think do, this end of my journey, the, this part of my journey I'm on so far is, yeah, the first time for a long time that I felt really, That's really amazing. proud of myself. And that wouldn't have happened if I hadn't pressed a fuck it button and, no. and pushed forward and been like, right, we're going to do this, you know. <laughs> She's had a few people. She's had a few. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. they've, they've led her in different directions. But I think the ultimate lesson in all of that, and it's an amazing story, mm. um, but it is really just, it just shows us that, you know, it doesn't matter what's thrown at us or what we managed to throw at ourselves based on how we behave (laughs) that you can come through it and I think that's such a great sort of 
you know, sales pitch, not the sales pitch for the podcast, <laughs> I might say, but for the actual button and the li- the life button, the impact button. Yeah. And that idea that you can use everything that's gone as fuel. It's, yeah. You know, it's that rocket. It's that permission to live and live in the present, isn't it? Yeah. And that, like, kind of use what's happened in the past to fuel your present yeah. and that will then inspire your future. It's, yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. Well, thanks so much, um, Rosie, it's been great to actually chat to you rather than just kind of spin around a pony. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, and you know, thank you for for empowering me. And, and I'm sure, you know, all of your students would say the same thing. But keep doing what you're doing. And I can't wait to see where the empire of Rosie Pole yeah. <laughs> goes next. So, see what happens. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening. We hope that some of what you've heard today has inspired you to live in the present. Focus on joy and know that you only have one life. So fuck it. Press your fuck it button and join the revolution. Oh, 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 oh,